The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Politics is boring. Not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words. You know, I, I again, it figures I'd, I'd screw up. Just let me stop this. Screw up for um, uh, today, of course, as I'm trying to be serious and um, make a point. So uh, bear with me a second while I kill. Why is it? Oh, it's coming from here. Oh, man. All right. Let's do it again. Uh, I think. Come on. No, that's that's not even right. That's the wrong one. Uh, I just everything is foobar right now. Why is? Oh, I see what it did. Man, okay. Um, take two. You know, sometimes it's important uh, to just um, <laughs> to start over uh, because I, I'm all screwed up here, and for good reason. You know, I'll, I'll cut myself some slack. All right, goes like this. Take away the guns. I take away the guns. Her name is Cheryl Wheeler. This is an actual song from an album called Sylvia Hotel that was released, if I'm remembering correctly, um... 1999 or so I could be a little wrong uh, we played it on a radio station I was working at 
in Los Angeles after a, another mass shooting. And, and back then, they were a lot more rare. There was a while there that I started every show following a mass shooting with that song. Made no difference, just got me copyright violated a couple of times. But it's all right, I'll give up the, uh, the massive amounts of revenue I get from this, uh, from this video in order to play that because I think the message is so important. Cheryl Wheeler, if it were up to me, oh, released in 1997. 1997. And yeah, that was a gunshot at the end of it. Um, I don't know what to say anymore. Last night I heard, you know, um, we had uh, David's son, Max, and his girlfriend or live in, they should be married. I'm going to work on that. Um, Christine over for dinner. And the news had just broken that there was a ser- what it was a, at the first a series of mass shootings in Maine. They didn't know if there was one shooter or a number of shooters. This is what I was telling you the other day when every news organization took the word of Hamas and said, Israel firebombed a hospital on Gaza. 500 innocent people are dead. None of that was true. None of it. There weren't 500 victims. It wasn't the hospital itself that got hit, but the parking lot in front of the hospital. Number of people died. It's very sad, but it's still not. Um, it's questionable as to who, where, where, where the 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 uh, the, the the offending, um, where, where who kill who who did it, David? Not David's son. Oh, your d- bonus. Child. My bonus child. My stepson, David, you know, whatever, my bonus child. Okay, so that's what he came in to correct me about. Um, anyway, it, it could have been um, one of the, the terrorist factions operating within Gaza who misfired as they've done before, which is what Israel is alleging. And maybe it was the IDF. I don't think so. Regardless, this is what happens when News organizations, so-called reporters, shoot off their mouths before they know what they're talking about. Last night when I went to sleep, CNN said it was 22 people dead. Thank goodness I awoke today and the number is actually 18. For those four people who are alive and not dead, that makes a big difference. They also said last night, 50 to 60 people injured. This morning, it was more like, you know, 13 to 18. And again, when you are injured by an AR-15, it's not just your typical minor gunshot injury as if there were such a thing. If you get hit anywhere on the body by a bullet from an AR-15, It enters your body and explodes because those are weapons of war meant to create the most damage they can in a human body. And if you are, and I use the word um, questionably, if you are lucky enough to survive a gunshot by an AR-15, your life is ruined If it hits in multiple places, like, you know, I was living in Coral Springs, Florida, which is the sister town to Parkland. We're we're Parkland, Coral Springs. 
in, in, share a police department, share a fire department. It was my community. And while you heard about the 17 dead, you don't hear a whole lot about the 17 who survived, whose lives have been hell since Valentine's Day 20, what year was it? 2018, I think. They all run together, don't they? Oh, really? Garth Brooks redid that song. Redid, If It Were Up To Me. Garth Brooks did If It Were Up To Me. Good for him. Because Garth Brooks, you know, comes from the country world. And they're your gun-toting, you know, kind of people. Ed II said they can't ID some victims because their heads were blown off. But I warn you, um, Bruce is saying, actually, the bullet tumbles end over end, creating a gaping wound cavity. The bullet doesn't explode. I think you're wrong, Bruce. I think these bullets are meant to expand. It's not a tumbling thing. It goes through the body so quickly it wouldn't have time to cover, to to tumble. They they expand. There was... Um, I want to say 60 minutes, but I, but don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not quite sure who, but one of the news organizations did, um, uh, did, did, uh, the, the, sorry, obviously I can't find the words. I'm a bit, uh, discombobulated here because of this. They did a reenactment. They showed the impact of a regular, you know, handgun bullet on a human body, and then what the bullet from an AR-15 does to the human body. I wonder if I can find it. Oh, Ford Country says Garth's version was a mashup with the Youngblood song, Get Together. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. Maybe possible if we take away the guns. Here, let me see if I can pull this up. Effects of ar 15 bullet on here. Uh, uh, Hold on here. What does an AR-15 bullet do to the human body? I wonder if this, it was the Washington Post. That's what it was. It was. And they did a, they did a, um, a, 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 an animation of it. Oh, don't come on. I got to log in to show you this. Hold on. I am a subscriber to the Washington Post. Bear with me. I'm going to get it going here for you. So this is what it shows on the Washington Post website. It's called, um, uh, one second, let me just make this bigger so you can see it, the blast effect. So I don't know when they did this. It was, uh, they don't have the date on here. This is how bullets from an AR-15 blow the body apart. That says, editor's note, we are publishing these 3D animations to show the destructive power of the AR-15, the images may disturb some people. Yeah, that's the point. All right, so um, the bullet, the wounds show the the lethal force of the AR-15. You see the bullet entering the body, and you see it. um, You're right. uh, uh, It is tumbling. You're right. It's tumbling even though it goes so quickly. Um, It says... The wounds show the lethal force of the AR-15, but they are rarely seen. The gun is the weapon of choice for many mass killers. It works with brutal efficiency. 
and here they're showing, um, um, you know, and it goes into an article. Uh, the carnage is rarely, vi- rarely visible to the public. Crime scene photos are considered too gruesome, too gruesome to show to the public and often kept confidential. I've often said, you want some gun laws? Release the photos from the crime scene of, um, of Newtown, Sandy Hook Elementary. Here you go. Um, the scenes of chaos and terror are all too familiar in America. The AR-15 bullets, the AR-15 fires bullets at such a high velocity, often in a barrage of 30 or even 100 rounds in rapid succession, that it can eviscerate multiple people in seconds. A single bullet lands with a shockwave intense enough to blow apart a skull and demolish vital organs. The impact is even more acute on the compact body of a small child. Joseph Sacron, a gunshot survivor who advocates for gun violence prevention and is a trauma surgeon at Johns Hopkins Hospital, said it literally can pulverize bones, it can shatter your liver, and it can provide this blast effect. Doing surgery on people shot with high-velocity rounds, he said, body tissue, quote, literally just crumbled into your hands. And here's what I was reading before. The carnage is rarely visible to the public. Crime scene photos are considered too gruesome to publish and often kept confidential. News accounts rely on antiseptic descriptions from law enforcement officials and medical examiners who, in some cases, have said remains were so unrecognizable that they could be identified only through DNA samples. So the Washington Post in this article, and I will link to it uh, from the blog where I post today's show, it'll be up at uh, NicoleSandler.com slash 10-26-23, today's date, that's always the format under which I post these things, each show. Um, uh, And what they said is, the Washington Post sought to illustrate the force of the AR-15 and reveal its catastrophic effects. The first part of this report is a 3D animation that shows the trajectory of two different hypothetical gunshots to the chest, one from an AR-15 and one from a typical handgun to explain the greater severity of the damage caused by the AR-15. And then it says the second part depicts the entrance and exit wounds of two actual victims, Noah Posner, age six, from Sandy Hook, and Peter Wang, age 15, I believe from Parkland, killed in school shootings when they were struck by multiple bullets. This account is based on a review of nearly 100 autopsy reports from several AR-15 shootings, as well as court testimony and interviews with trauma surgeons, ballistic experts, and a medical examiner. So you ready for some of this? All right, I'm going to pull the, uh, the, 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 uh, the video, the animation back up. If you're watching to one of the video streams today, we are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, I believe. Let me make sure. Are we there? Uh, la, 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 la. I think. Yes, we are. And uh, the reason we're not on Facebook today is because I opened with, if it were up to me, 
and uh, Facebook, anytime I play any kind of music, even a parody song, they stop the stream in, in midstream and say, you can't do that. So we're not doing that. Okay. So here's the, um, uh, the Washington Post with a bullet in the chamber of the AR-15. And the animation shows it. This is, oh, this is a .223 caliber. And sorry if my, if my, um, uh, my, my verbiage is wrong. It's probably not a .223. I'm not a gun person. I don't often talk about the caliber of guns. But this is a .223 caliber size round inside an AR-15. What makes the weapon so deadly is the speed of that bullet. It is small and light. Its cartridge holds enough propellant to send the bullet flying out of the barrel at a speed that would cross six football fields in a second. And then it, and then it shows, uh, this is a nine millimeter sized round showing it right below it. So, um, for those of you listening to the, an audio stream only, it's like a third of the length of the bullet inside the AR-15. This is a nine millimeter round, a common choice in handguns. Its bullets are larger inside smaller cartridges. They don't hold enough gunpowder to match the velocity of the 223. Okay. Next, it shows the makeup inside the bullets of what the bullet is and how much the propellant is. The AR-15 holds a lot more propellant. And there goes the AR-15. And it shoots through the air and it's showing... Uh, uh, an animation of when it hits somebody and it says any bullet can kill and instantly when it hits a vital organ the higher speed of a bullet from an AR-15 causes far more damage after it hits the body and drastically reduces a person's chance of survival Trauma surgeon Babak Sarani, an authority on casualties from mass killings said at quote as that bullet slows down That energy is so massive, it has to go someplace and your body will literally tear apart. All right, this is an animation, but it's going to be ugly here in a second. Oh, and it shows, oh, well, it shows it going into a skeleton. And it shows how the bullet, yes, tumbles around and creates a huge hole. It says in this hypothetical scenario, the the bullet bursts into the chest cavity. It shreds lung tissue severs nerves and vessels, and causes massive bleeding. It also begins to tumble, taking a chaotic path in the body. The speed at impact creates a blast effect, like the wake that follows a boat, causing internal injuries far outside the bullet's path. Here, the blast destroys large veins that carry blood back to the heart. And then it shows, on the same um animated body the trajectory of the the nine millimeter from a handgun and it cuts it cuts through the body just the same it does damage but it it creates a much smaller path through the butt just a straight line here the text reads a nine millimeter bullet from the same distance takes a relatively linear path because that bullet doesn't produce the same blast effect it causes far less damage and then it shows uh, uh, the bullet from the AR-15 leaves behind a gaping exit wound. The 9 millimeter bullet fired from the handgun has, has a much smaller exit wound. In this scenario, with immediate medical care and minimal bleeding, the victim has a chance at surviving the 9 millimeter shot to the chest. 
The bullet from the AR-15, however, causes torrential bleeding that is quickly lethal. And it goes on from there. Um, I, I, I will post it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to sit here and read the entire thing for you, but I will post it or you can Google it yourself. At uh, the Washington Post, what an AR-15 does to the human body. Can anybody, anybody tell me why any civilian needs an AR-15 style rifle? Anyone, don't tell me it's for hunting because if you shoot, say, a deer with that gun thinking we're going to have a nice venison dinner, no, you're not. The way the bullet tumbles, you you are correct. I stand corrected. Um, uh, Whoever it was in the chat room who corrected me earlier. Um, And the the velocity and the, the propellant makes it pulverizes organs. You're sure not going to have any deer liver. I don't know what it's called, but just, you know, why? The phone lines are open, 954-889-6410. Someone please tell me why anybody needs an AR-15. I'm waiting. I'm not a big fan of any guns whatsoever, but if you got to have one, you want it for self-protection, it's a lot easier to carry around a small handgun that won't do nearly as much damage to anybody who is innocent and gets in the way than an AR-15 and yet these ass wipes in Congress all take pictures for Christmas of their families, the little kids too, standing around holding these war machines, these weapons of mass killing. Again, why does anybody need an AR-15? Leave it to the militaries of the world, if you must. I'd prefer none of them were armed, too. I prefer we wipe the planet of these weapons, and we'd all be a lot better off. But, hey, nobody's asking me. What did Karina do in the chat room? Is Somebody is um, comparing to knives as apples to apples? What? I, I probably shouldn't go back and um, and look because uh, I'll be infuriated. But you know me, I never shy away from a fight. Unless someone's holding an AR-15, in which case I'd run away, but it wouldn't matter because that gun could shoot me down even if I was six football fields away in a second, in under a second, in under a second. Tamara says many of those killed were deaf kids out for a night of fun. They didn't hear the shooting. Not that they would have have had time to take cover if they had heard it. Because again, to quote the Washington Post, one of the bullet fired from an AR-15 because of the amount of propellant behind it will travel the length of six football fields in under a second and will pulverize a human body that it hits. That's what happened in Las Vegas at that country concert when that madman up in the hotel decided to shoot the concert across the street. It didn't matter. He had an AR-15. He could kill anybody and as many as he wanted. 
It's disgusting. It's obscene. And yet these Republicans in Congress, they're more worried about a mother taking her tween daughter who's been raped across state lines to get a necessary abortion and they will prosecute the mother for murdering an unborn baby, which I'm sorry, does not exist. If it's not born, it's not a baby. And yes, I'm speaking as a Jew here because the Jewish religion um, sensibly says it's a human being once it's born. Before it's born, it's a fetus and the mother's life is paramount. The mother's life is to be protected at all costs, not this unborn fetus. Before it's born, it's a fetus. But these idiots, who for some reason were voted into office by millions of people, say, no, we're going to protect a fetus over the life of a mother, and it's more important that I be able to carry around this war weaponry than than. Uh, that that that's more important that 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 second amendment which they've misread and misinterpreted uh for years is more important than my my than my right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that's not an amendment that's enshrined i uh, yes i'm pissed every time there's one of these shootings and and people are senselessly killed i'm pissed There's no reason for it. That's the thing. We had an assault weapons ban. And don't give me the the semantics or the uh, 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 assault weapons. If it can kill somebody six football fields away by firing a gun in under a second, it's not only an assault weapon, it's a weapon of war. It is war machinery. It is a killing machine. It serves no other purpose other than to kill. What's wrong with us as a people? We're the only nation on the planet that has this problem. And why? Because the ass wipes in Congress take money from the the gun manufacturers. That's why. That's the only reason why. And because half of this country keeps voting for them. That's why. Okay, I'll take one call and then I got to get, uh, then I got to get, oh shit, uh, David, sorry, you're on the wrong, uh, I can't take your call. You're on the wrong computer. I, I pulled it up on the wrong computer. I got to kill it on this computer. Sorry, that was David from North Miami Beach and I can't, uh, I, I, for, I don't, Skype is not supposed to come up on this computer, just on the other one. Um, yeah, so the, the more she reads about at bullet, she proves she wrong. The bullet doesn't explode. The guy at Tumble stopped yelling in my headphones. Hey, Commander Bond 7, I already said the original poster was correct. I don't need to you to come into my chat room and tell me not to yell in your... I'll yell in your fucking headphones anytime I want. You don't have to listen. In fact... You can't. Well, you can. You just can't post in my chat room anymore because you're gone. Don't come in here and tell me what to do. I already told the first person who said, no, it doesn't explode. It tumbles that he was correct. 
All right. Um, I admit when I'm wrong. And yes, it tumbles, but it also expands upon impact. God damn. All right. Um, I don't know who's mixing up the Dirty Debbies today, but I could use a double shot. So I banned that guy. Yeah, ban large magazines as well. Or do what, um, uh, you know, what was it? Was it Chris Rock who suggested? That's fine. Just tax bullets. Tax bullets at such an inordinate amount that most people just can't afford them. Yeah, you can have your guns, but it's going to cost you 5,000 bucks for each round. I'll go for that. Um, check out what tweet from Howie earlier. Blue America just posted in the chat room. Check out this tweet from Howie Klein earlier. I don't, but she didn't then say what the tweet was. So maybe we'll have Howie tell us um, what he tweeted. I don't know about you. I, I'm, do, I'm done with this. I, I, I'm done. So it is that time of day. I'm, I'm about uh, 40 seconds early. Hopefully Howie's not on the phone. Um, all right, I'm stopping yelling about guns. You know what I feel. And if you got a problem with me, don't come in my chat room and yell at me while I'm on the air. Send me an email or call when I take calls. Send me an email, Nicole at NicoleSandler.com. I dare you. I dare you. All right. Whose turn is it to make those dirty Debbies? I need a triple. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and French fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories, and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Hey, Howie Klein. Hey, Nicole. How are you? Oh, I, you know, I've been, I've been better because I'm still reeling from the news about these shootings in Maine, and it's pissing me off. Yeah. Well, well you know, Roland is from Maine and goes there two or three times a year. His family is still there. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine, you know, Maine is a small state. They love their guns, but, you know, they've not had really shootings like this. In fact, apparently Maine um, enjoys low gun violence uh, statistics, but, but those are ascribed to the fact that many of the states surrounding Maine have very strict gun laws. Yeah, and... and- and Maine may like their guns, but it's mostly like, I mean, there really is a hunting, hunting. state. Yeah, they're hunters. They they hunt. Um, this, I don't know. We don't know. I mean, I, we, I don't remember. I, 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 I try not to pay too much attention to stories about guns and everything um, because I really don't like them. And unfortunately, I'm forced into paying attention 
um, by stories like this. When you hear 18, 19 people dead and the guy, the shooter is still at large and oh yeah, he had an AR-15. I'm still asking anybody tell me why an AR-15 is necessary for anybody to own if you're not in a country's military. Anyone? Right. Bueller? I mean, you don't need to ask me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. Bueller. Uh, and they can't. Although people have been invading my chat. Try, like some guy, Tony. What is it, Tony? Tony's trying to um, uh, see if I can find it. Tony's trying to um, give us the facts because there's so much misinformation about the AR-15. You know what I say to that, don't you? Whoops, I got the wrong, not, not that at all. It's not funny at all. It's this bullshit. one. It's bullshit. Don't, don't try to uh, whitewash the evil that is the AR-15. And I know it's not the gun, it's the person who shoots the gun, but they couldn't do the damage if they didn't have access to the kind of weapon that can kill you six football fields away in under a second. Just saying. So anyway, um, uh, that's just my rant. Uh, being held over, Howie, uh, we're going to get on to a happier subject. And that is that today you have uh, brought with uh, with you a um, a guest. And I see him, okay, he's turning his uh, um, camera back on. I'm getting the shot set up. Do you want to, uh, Howie, would you like to um, uh, introduce Zach while I get our shot sure. all set up? So Zach, Zach Shrewsbury is, uh, is actually a friend of someone that we've had on the show several times. Jason Cole. Jason, as you know, ran for Congress uh, a couple of times in Washington state as a progressive Democrat. He's still running for Congress, but uh, quit the Democratic Party, having been an official of the Democratic Party, and he's now running as a Green. And, oh. uh, and, and he is one of the uh, many people who told me uh, great things about Zach. That's how Zach and I met. We talked, and uh, it didn't take much convincing at all for uh, Blue America to endorse him. So he's running for the U.S. Senate uh, either against Joe Manchin, um, who I don't think is going to actually keep in the race, or against, or and or <laughs> against uh, uh, the governor of the state, a, rep- a former Democrat who turned into a Republican, uh, Jim Justice, right. who's extremely, extremely uh, vulnerable because of, uh, you know, one... Uh, corruption charge after another coming out, and, and he's fa- even facing some uh, some criminal prosecution now. Wow. So uh, yeah, so so Zach is the candidate that Blue America endorsed for the U.S. Senate. He's running. Uh, he's running right now. He just announced a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was really excited to have him come on the show. Well, Zach, thank you for joining us. And I know you are a um, you're a, a Marine veteran. And uh, I have no idea how you feel about the rant that I just went on for a half hour. And I know you were standing by because you'd logged on early. Um, um, how do you feel about that? What, what, what do you, as a senator, what would you do about our gun problem here in this country? Well, ultimately, I, I myself am rather pro-gun in general. But you, you do, it brings up an interesting point because the argument for gun control is um, to take away the guns. And, and the point is the country is saturated with firearms. Now I'm all about protection. I'm all about self-defense. And, um, it, it comes down to what it's a complicated scenario because you do have the gun lobby, the gun lobby buys off politicians 
even when they don't uh, agree with it. Yep. It's happening. And that's, yep. that's one of my biggest things I try to focus on is the, corp- the corporate lobby is always trying to lobby it. Now, if you get my own personal viewpoints, um, I own guns. I grew up with guns. For me, it was your family teaches you how to um, respect the weapon. And that cuts down on a lot of uh, the curiosity. That cuts down on a lot of the um, probably like the in, the in-home accidents that happen. But if you were, but when you get to the the shootings that keep happening across America, it's a tragedy. How to stop it? I mean, you had a you have you have a solution there if you do tax ammunition. I don't think that would, I don't think it would work well because you're essentially at that point taking uh taking the right away from mostly poor Americans and the wealthy Americans still have it. So it it it, it gets into it gets into some muddy waters in that way. But for me, for me, you have to take on, you have to continue to take on corporate lobbyists in order to actually get through to some decent legislation. And the and also mental health services need to be upped by a thousand percent, which we don't have in this country. Okay. Uh, so when you, when you say some decent legislation, what do you see? I would say it's 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 a complicated scenario when it comes to guns. Decent legislation, won't you? You have to. For me, it's mostly mental health. You have to ensure that people uh, can't can't access um, firearms as it is. Um, but wait, 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 wait! Most people can't. No, 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 no! I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how to um, say this correctly. For firearms, if if you have a let's say if you have felonies, you can't buy. If right. you have okay. domestic violence, you can't buy. The system itself um, very much stops that from happening. Well, you can't buy legally, but you can still go to, say, a gun show in most states and get a gun. You can buy from your friend or neighbor and get a gun. You just can't do it, you know, legally. You can't do it uh, with with the, the the proper licensing and registration, but um, they've they've gotten around those laws. Certainly. So, well, man, that's the thing. It, it, it comes down to enforcement, really. I mean, how can you enforce stopping the, like, basically the black market on those? How can you, so you, it, it comes down to enforcement. It's a very muddy subject. Um, I don't have a solution to these mass shootings because the country is saturated with weapons. That's just fact. Okay. To, to, well, what to get, to, about the idea of, um, of, of banning uh, assault rifles. And, and I mean, you've got to draw a line somewhere, right? I mean, no one is going to make an argument that we uh, legalize tanks, for example, oh, example no. or bazookas. So it's a matter of where you draw the line. Uh, do, do you, I mean, is there a feel, I mean, is there a feeling that uh, people have a need for uh, automatic and semi-automatic weapons? For automatic weapons, no, I don't think we should have automatic weapons. For but for semi-autos, I mean, people use those for sports all the time. People How? do use those. What? Why? But you, so an AR-15 I, is used in sport for hunting. Well, you can use a two-two-three round for hunting. Yes, I I don't hunt. I couldn't really. I can't give you into um. How that works? <laughs> how how the I mean, you're correct in your assessment. The bullet does tumble. And how and it does it does horrible things to the human body absolutely. Um, so if you're hunting to, like to eat the meat, that sort mm-hmm. of you know defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Well, it, it depends on I think it depends on like where you shoot, um, <laughs> like the the deer. But we're, we're getting we're getting we're getting off track with it. 
Yeah. It is a, it is a muddy ground. There's no, I don't have a solution for these problems because it comes down to the, the nation's already saturated with it and a gun buyback, or if you do a assault rifle ban, it just ups the black market. It, it, it it's a long conversation that the gun lobby fights you every day. Yeah. And, you, and I don't have the solution for the guns. I don't, it's a very hard one to, to get through. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, Zach, I, I apologize. You happen to have the misfortune of coming on the show the day after yet another mass shooting. And right. I, I am, this is, this is a, you know, this is a no brainer for me. Mm. There, there should no reason in hell that any a civilian needs to own an AR-15. You want your guns? I'm not happy with it. If you have a handgun or you have a rifle or a shotgun, I don't love that. But at least they don't inflict the damage that an AR-15 does. And I'm sorry, there's no reason any civilian needs one of those guns. My opinion. Well, Howie? Some, I don't agree with this, but some civilians feel that they needed to protect themselves from other civilians that have them. I mean, and, and that's, a, that's a, a disastrous spiral that we've gone down. And somewhere along the line, we've got to stop it. I mean, we can't just throw up our hands and say, uh, this is so, such a horrible problem and there's no solution. There has to be a solution. There has to be. Um, and, and as for the whole good guy with the gun, oh, we've got to arm everybody. We got to, like, I just left Florida. One of the reasons is that the asshole governor there um, single-handedly put forth a, uh, uh, no, you know, uh, open, not open carry, concealed carry. Anybody, you don't need a license, you don't need to register. You can buy a gun and you can carry it as long as it's not shown openly. So you can just whip it out wherever you are and inflict damage. Um, so all those good guys with guns in Maine is heavily armed. Nobody took this shooter down. What happened? Where were the good guys with the guns? They didn't bring them to the bowling alley. I guess. Okay, well, let's talk about something else. I, I, yes, I, that's a great idea. Okay. Why don't we, uh, why don't, in fact, yes and no. Zach, why don't you tell us what made you decide to run for the Senate? Certainly. So my, what I made decide to run for the Senate was we don't have working class representation really in this nation. We don't have, we have mostly corrupt bureaucrats who, who are bought by the by these corporations are bought and they don't represent us they represent their pockets what i've been doing is i've been in the communities of west virginia for uh for years fighting for um uh, fighting against the addiction crisis fighting against uh poverty trying to help people um get out of that amplify their voices bring renewable energy jobs to west virginia i've i've been trying to amplify working class voices and i see the problem is no one hears us especially everyone in west virginia and i see a problem across america no one hears working people's voices every day. So I figured, hey, why not? I will throw my hat in the ring and I will challenge Joe Manchin himself to it. Okay. And and are there, I mean, aside from that overall idea that um, work, the working class doesn't have uh, representation, representation at all, in what ways do you want to change that? I mean, for what, for, I should say for what purpose? In, in other words, what policies are you looking to uh, uh, to put into effect? Yeah. So, for instance, well, one one of the part, parts of running is I'm trying to show that we can run. If it, it, it is a hard thing, I have sacrificed a lot to do this, but um, if it doesn't have to be 
rich men running for office. All the policies, um, I, my biggest thing is be like renewable energy. Bring the manufacturing jobs to here. Bring, you know, build the solar, build the wind. We have to move away from coal and embrace the future. That's one of my biggest things that I've been fighting for here. And that, that can't be uh, easy in, in West Virginia. It's, it's not, but in, it all comes down to, it comes down to a just transition for working class people. You have to make sure the worker has a job. And that's my biggest thing is you ha- it has to be a phase in. You can't just immediately kill something and then wait for the other thing to, to appear. You have to phase the industry into it, basically. And that's why I'm trying to look out for um, fossil fuel workers in West Virginia, for example, to get them into these renewable areas, for instance. I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you said. Fossil fuel workers to get them into what? These areas of renewable technologies, like solar, wind. Try and try. You know, it, it offer them or different. Offer them different opportunities to uh, learn different trades. Lawrence, I'm just, my, my whole the whole thing is to make sure that they don't go jobless completely. You know. And 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 how how viable is that as as an idea? I mean, in other words, if if someone's been working for years and years uh, in a coal mine, are they going to be able to you know take a green job and and thrive that way? I hope so, but I'm I'm curious if you know something about that. Has there have there been any uh, examples where, where it's already happened? A lot a lot of it will. I don't have examples off the top of my head. A lot of it will come down to construction efforts, building it. That's why my my big focus is manufacturing. You can get um, a lot of people to transition into building things uh, rather more easily than say trying to get a degree in coding. You know, it's it's or it's the whole point is to try to get them into different blue collar jobs, different trade jobs to continue the workforce and just transition it. That's why I'm, my one of my biggest things is saying you know West Virginia used to power the nation. Let's do it again in a different light. Let's do it with solar. Let's do it with wind. And wh- where is uh, Joe Manchin on on the solar and wind? Uh, Joe Manchin, uh, well, <laughs> Joe Manchin loves coal. Yeah, um, he loves to keep that alive. The solar and wind, he's like so for the Inflation Reduction Act that it was his bill. He can't stand the solar and wind aspects of it. Um, he gets he gets mad at Biden every day about it. So it's it's always an argument. It's always a threat. But what we've been doing is trying to. No matter no matter how much no matter how much he fights against it, we're trying to transition the state into a better outcome, a better future. So, but he he he's going to hold on to coal for as long as he can, along with Jim Justice, which is the Republican. Right, and 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 one thing that we haven't even mentioned: there's coal mining, and then there's mountaintop removal mining, which is even worse. I have a friend, yes. Robin Kincaid, who does a radio show, and she's been fighting uh, for the Ake Act for years. Are you familiar with the Ake Act? I'm not familiar for the act. I know a lot about the fighting against mountaintop removal, but I'm not familiar with the act now. The ACH Act, let me see if I can pull it up because I can't remember what the acronym stood for. The ACH Act, um, the Appalachian Community Health Emergency Campaign, seeks to educate others about the rapid escalation of cancer, birth defects, respiratory issues, all from that, that, that come from the mountaintop removal mining. Yeah. So she's been trying to get that passed for years and years and years. Absolutely. And and no I'm also, I'm, I mean, trying to get in touch. I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of the anti-pipeline activists here because the pipeline is tearing apart our mountains, poisoning our waters. I believe there's an, there's an article out there where it's going to run. It's, it can only run at 30% capacity, which we all know a corporation is going to yank that to 100%. It'll probably, it'll probably bust at some point. 
and just once again, just endangering working families, endangering people across. Uh, well, now it's you know across the East Coast, and you know it's not worth it when we can have different technologies. So, Zach, I, I know that you've been uh, campaign, you've been going around the state and talking with people, campaigning, and even before you actually officially started campaigning, when you talk to them about uh, these ideas, how do they respond? Uh, it's a lot of positivity. I haven't had much. Um, hate from it people people it's not like so let's talk about coal it's not like people love that job they like to pay and, and that that's really about it and that's all the only real opportunities here you have minimum wage jobs you have coal jobs or you can join the military or go to college and college is usually um out of hand out of out of um uh thinking about i'm forgetting the word here out of the, the financial situation you you can't how much you can't afford it i couldn't afford it so i joined the marines right so I, if you are wanting to bring actual jobs here, you know, get people out of poverty, it's it's received very positively. There's not a lot of negative. People don't. People just want to work. They don't. They don't care if it's solar, wind, coal. They just want a job to provide for their families, not live in wage slavery like we do now with our low wages, where we can barely afford to pay our rent. So I'm going to guess that that's probably the, I mean, I know that's what your, your campaign is based on. And I'm going to guess that's probably one of the biggest things uh, that that voters are telling you that they're interested in. But are there other issues that voters uh, in West Virginia are, are, you know, that gets them going? I mean, certainly. I mean, tackling the addiction crisis here is probably the number one thing. We have an opioid, an opioid epidemic that's uh, probably the worst in the nation. I can't give you I can't give you the stats off the top of my head, but we're either one or two in it. Um, people are dying left and right. I've, I've lost friends. Everyone I know has lost friends or family. And for me, my process is, is mental health services, get people, help people get into recovery, help people um, get, get out, get out of addiction, not just imprison everybody through the prison. You know, we're just feeding the prison industrial complex at that point. We give people records and then they can't find a job after this. My whole point is, help people get into recovery they're not people blame the addict for the drugs it's not that they're victims you know help we have to help people more or less and that that varies that sounds off very well in uh here in west virginia also um and this is interesting as well i'm very pro universal health care i do believe that we need a health care system that actually takes care of all of us um it, it and i haven't had any real pushback against that people here suffer so badly with privatized insurance that just charges you an arm and a leg to um just to get basic prescriptions it costs i can't be cost thousands of dollars to ride in the ambulance where you get to choose whether or not to have a friend take you to the hospital or going to debt safely going to debt to take the ambulance so what it, it just takes it takes a lot of conversations and meeting people where they're at to explain these ideas that it's you know universal health care is not a bad word it's, it's not, it's not, it's not coming to kill your family. It's here. It was trying to actually help you, you know, but battling, ba battling the uh, right wing talking points. And that is always a daily struggle. Right. Huh? So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I remember in 2016 uh, that Bernie did extremely well in counties, uh, even getting more votes, not just more votes than Hillary, who he was running against, but more votes than Trump got in the Republican primary and county after county after county. And um, things have, I, I mean, I wonder, have things changed so drastically that it's impossible 
to uh, sort of root out those uh, those voters again for yourself. And uh, I mean, I mean, has the state just been completely magnified? I won't say it's been completely magnified. I think there is hope here. What people in West Virginia want is someone who's genuine. They want someone who actually speaks their mind. That's why Trump did so well here, because he was seen as someone who just spoke his mind. And for people who live in poverty, so like much like all of us in West Virginia, they voted for someone who they thought could throw a brick through the window. So maybe maybe they could be heard. And from what I see is if you come at if you come at people as yourself, I'm very much me. You know, I, I don't try to hide a bunch of things. I don't try to I don't try to be Joe Manchin where I'm just I go I show up for elections and kiss babies and shake hands. Jim just the same way. I'm out here every day with people asking them what they need, what needs to be heard in their communities, how we can help. And I think literally being someone who's just genuine from the working class will actually take that race through because people are very much tired of the same old politics. They're tired of the same old rich men who are ruling over us. Yeah. Well, I mean, they haven't had much of a chance to, uh, or I should say much of a choice, uh, you know, when it comes down to, you know, voting for either a Democrat or a Republican doesn't even matter, like Manchin or Justice, it's the same thing. You know, rich elites who are, you know, full of shit and just saying things that are not true. And it sometimes makes me wonder, how do voters vote for them? I mean, how is it possible that someone doesn't see through them? I mean, that's a problem not just in West Virginia, that's a problem everywhere. Of yeah. How is it possible that working class people listen to Trump and think that someone is you know, a straight shooter. It, it comes down to, for me, it comes down to people are working their nine to five, struggling to live. And when you sit down for that hour, two hours in time, they probably turn on Fox News and, and you get blasted with these narratives. And that's all you hear. That's your news for the day. That's your that's your politics for the day. And you go back working your life and and that's that's one of the main problems is you have to actually we don't have enough on the left or Democrats, progressive, whatever you want to call it, enough media, I think, to be aggre- aggressive enough to actually try to change things. I know this show is very trying to change things and we have we, we do have a lot of shows, but the right wing has honed in on rural America and it's it's broadcasting daily. And for me and like a lot of my team on the ground. Like I said, trying to get you know door to door conversations, talking to people. It's a long conversation. People do come around to it, come around to um, more progressive ideals, for instance. And, and you're, you're finding that when you're talking to people out in, in West Virginia. I mean, are you talking to people who voted for Trump both times, and, yes. and you think you can make an impact on them? I, it it, dep- it it depends, but yes, I do believe you can get some people to come back around. It is a very long conversation. Economics, for instance, is very much the gateway into that conversation. When you get into the social politics, it takes longer. It does take longer to bring people around to that. But you have to you, once you talk, once you come at it from where they're at, and you try to make it more personal for them, make it you know make it more like, hey, what if your neighbor was this way? How would you feel about that? And, you know, it, it's just changing minds one bit of well, one conversation at a time. And it is the long game. It's a long process, but I've had, I've had lots of success with bringing a lot of Trump supporters around to having um, more progressive ideals. 
I know there are progressives, <clears throat> excuse me, in West Virginia. The problem mm. is they seem to have to, um, you know, keep it quiet, not tell anybody. Um, until uh, I think people are willing to stand up and say, hey, I'm progressive, I'm a Democrat, um, I think we're going to have a problem there. And I think it's ingrained in the culture. I give you a lot of credit for running as a Democrat there when most people say the only reason Joe Manchin wins is because he has history there and uh, people don't really perceive him as a Democrat. And actually he's not really one. He just has a D next to his name. He's a diet Republican really. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, do you get yelled at for being a Democrat? I mean, do people approach you differently or do they, you know, uh, is it only a certain faction of the population who will listen to you? If you would have asked me this last year, it was a lot more aggressive. Now this year with the whole um, Trump being on trial and everything going down with that, the tune has changed a lot from just from my interactions. People are coming up. Republicans have come up and you know said, good on you. You know, my, I don't know what's happened to my party. I don't know what's going on. I mean, is it is it like in mass? No, of course not. But it has it has changed some, and I, so I do. And I think I've seen more Democrats as well. Getting we're getting more and more louder here, and that's also what I'm trying to do as well. You know, say be loud about it. Don't hide anymore. Quit being quiet. Be yeah. loud. Be loud about what we believe. Be loud about what we're fighting for. You're fighting for working class people. We're not fighting for Donald Donald Trump in the White House. We're fighting for living. We're fighting for a wage. We're fighting for health care. You know, so, don't be quiet. Um, no, we, we can't be quiet. Howie, were you going to just ask something? Yeah, I was. I, I, <laughs> and you spaced on it. Exactly. Happens to me all the time. It's old age setting. So, Zach, you were in the Marines. And, and um, how long have you been out of the Marines? Oh, gosh. How long have I been out of the Marines? I left in 2015. Um, I left as a sergeant. I was in the infantry. Um, I did a lot of odd jobs. Then I came back to West Virginia and I dived into community organizing and political organizing. Oh, good for you. Now I got to And this is a tough question and I'm, I'm sorry. Again, boy, you joined us to just a, a, a weird time in history. Um, yeah. the, the situation in Israel and with Gaza, um, where do you come down on that? I come down on, we should acknowledge, well, we have to acknowledge the history of that place. Obviously Hamas are not freedom fighters, but we also have to acknowledge that um, people in Gaza Strip have been, to me, have been kept in an open air prison. I agree. The human rights abuses are insane. For me, we should be pushing for a ceasefire in the whole area. But, I don't know but, now. What, 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 because when people say a ceasefire right now, without the hostages being released, uh, offering up a ceasefire just plays into Hamas's hands. Why give them that they're going to keep firing rockets no matter what, because people don't realize Hamas has been firing rockets into Israel every day for well, yeah. many, many years. Israel just has a defense system that that is able to knock down most of them before they explode. But in Israel, there are bomb shelters in every building on every street. And 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 that's something that's not being um pointed out in the media. Uh, so, so people, young people were, her, we're hearing the 18 to 24s are so down on Biden and they won't vote for him uh, because of this. Well, they're, they're getting a very one-sided um, narrative about the situation over there, I think. 
it, it really because for me for me it comes down to we have to for the for Americans especially we don't know much about the Palestinian struggle like we don't know how much they've been fighting for their rights um for for so long like the way the, like the whole the the settler situation where people are coming in and taking their homes like my whole thing is I want to strive for peace like we, we, the the way the way it's being done right now where both sides are launching rockets at each other it's it's just it's just causing more death across the area. And I think this, I think we're now at a time where we need to have a sit down, push for peace and actively try to work out this situation that we've been really, really, we've tried to, we've tried to work out for, for decades with it, but now's the time to actively, actively hard push for a solution in this talking to Palestinian leaders and Israeli leaders and see where this goes. And what, what's your solution? It, it's 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 a moving situation now, but the way people in Gaza have been capped in it, that that can't that can't remain. They can't leave. They just stay there. Okay. All right, um, Howie. Any anything else? We're at the end of the hour. You got any other questions? Yeah. No, I'm 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 fine. Okay. Um, well, with that, Zach Shrewsbury, thank you so much for joining us. The website is shrewsburyforsenate.com. You just launched the campaign a week or two ago, so there's not a whole lot there, but I'm guessing there will be more. Um, and uh, that's that's where they can find you. You're on the socials at all on Shitter or yeah. Uh, <laughs> how yeah, do- yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, we're all getting all set up and we're we're rolling out. All right. Well, well, again, thank you for joining us, and I'm sorry. You got hit with a barrage of, of you know, th- there are no answers to the questions that we were asking because uh, both situations are um, uh, just just uh, absurd. We shouldn't be in either place. We shouldn't have mass murders on the streets of America and we shouldn't have people killing each other in the Middle East. So, right. Um, yeah. Uh, again, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Howie Klein, um, I guess we'll talk next week. Yep. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Uh, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, yep. That didn't go exactly how I ex- you know, expected it would. I- I'm a tough audience. But he just... he. Uh, You know, I I I usually have no qualms with um, the Blue America endorsed candidates, and and look, I give Zach a lot of credit for running as a Democrat in West Virginia. It's a no-win situation. No Democrat's going to win in West Virginia. I just wish he had more answers. Anyway, um, do they read the chat? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I'm, I think I'm more depressed now than I was before the show started, if that's possible. Oh, well, one thing I can tell you is you're always going to know where I stand because even if I try to lie, you see it in my face. Um, that was disappointing, but that's me. And, and again, better than Joe Manchin, without a doubt. But that's, that's a low bar. Um, I, I appreciate how we trying to find great candidates, um, and we need them. So run for office. All right. That's my, why is David calling me? All right. Uh, anyway, that, that's David's ringtone with that. I'm done. 
I'm done. Tomorrow is Friday. Marcy Wheeler will be here because now we do Fridays with Marcy Wheeler. Ay, ay, ay. I'm sorry. We'll we'll do it again tomorrow. Well, we'll we'll do we'll have Marcy Wheeler on tomorrow. It, it, it it'll be it'll be better. I hope. All right. See ya. Bye.